0: It would sound well. not safe for network i'm biggs i'm brandon and i'm carl no time for anything else we gotta just launch into will smith the slap yeah Herd what round what
1: does world. five figures say to the face Slap. <laughs> to quote the rick james
0: that was uh it's very steve carell of you <laughs> where do you guys want to start with this we've oh got a God. lot of things to unpack so i do ask the listener to not get overly upset at us because <laughs> we're gonna try and cover every angle we can with this. I didn't expect this to be a Will Smith thing. In fact, I was watching the Oscars and I was like, this is kind of boring. I don't know how we're going to mine any gold from this Oscar ceremony. And I had paid $40 for live TV because as I've been saying, the Oscars is kind of my Super Bowl, but it turned out it was my boxing (laughs) pay-per-view. Let's talk about the joke. How did you guys feel about that joke? I feel like if it hadn't provoked such an extreme
2: response, it would have gone over like the Fairly innocuous, non-funny joke that it was, and everyone would have just gone on with the show as though nothing amiss had been had even gone wrong. Like the joke itself is tame. And like not at all. It's not a good provoke. joke. No, no, no it's, it's not, not at all. Joke. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like
0: pretty, it's pretty shallow. Completely taking out the the fact that she has alopecia, which I did not know about. Not everybody knew that. Or, I, or, I, or maybe you've heard she
2: has it, but you don't know what it means to have that. Yeah. Like but you just heard all the word. of that
0: aside. It's just not a good joke. It looked like he tossed it off at of the top of his head because she was right in front of him. Doesn't seem like something he took time to write ahead of time. I've been reading these things where people are saying, yeah, now this is a thing that's happening with the Oscars where it's like a roast and this is a new thing. And I'm like, this is not new. Like the Oscars has been doing this as long as I've been watching it. Like Billy Crystal used to do some version of this.
2: Yeah, it's called crowd work.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's called crowd work. That's right. He's not reinventing the wheel. But I think if you're going to criticize Chris Rock on that, it's like either taking from the angle that he knew about her condition or you're basically just saying like mean comedy is bad. Should we be roasting celebrities at these events as they come along? And I don't know, man, like it feels like everything we watch has some version of that anymore. Right. Like we talked about, for example, I'm going to say like 30 episodes ago, you were talking about Tina Fey and Amy Poehler saying jokes about Britney Spears that they regret now. Right. Yeah. Because they did it on Weekend Update.
2: Sarah Silverman uh, on her (coughs) podcast a few weeks ago, maybe a month or two, she talked about telling a joke about Paris Hilton at the MTV Music Awards. Not knowing that Paris Hilton was going to be in the room because she was supposed to be and she had like just gotten out of jail. And so it was a joke about that. She actually saw her face in the audience as she was telling the joke and like immediately felt terrible and tried to reach out apologize. And then interestingly enough, the Paris Hilton's team like twisted it around on her and really made Sarah Silverman out to be like this uncaring, unkind, just mean person, mischaracterized her. Like the thing that's really weird about it is if you watch it, it's almost like Chris Rock is telling jokes and he sees Will Smith and enjoying his talking, enjoying his humor. Oh, you're just
0: saying that because he was laughing at the joke. No, no, no. I'm saying
2: (laughs) that what I'm saying is, Will Smith was laughing a bunch at some of the stuff that he said leading up to it and that kind of drew Chris Rock's attention to him and he was like oh you're enjoying my show let me get you in on it and I'll
0: say this little thing. I heard somebody who was at the event talking about it and he said that Will Smith specifically had the Tom Hanks seat which is like that particular seat by the stage used to always have Tom Hanks for a lot of years because he was the guy that everybody knew and you could like pull to and celebrities would come by and say hi and they would like point him out monologues because it's this monolith, so they're going to catch on the camera with their reactions a lot. Yep. And so Will Smith was that it's going kind into of, this. It's
2: kind of like a seat of honor. But attention gets drawn to that spot because of that. You're in this space where eyes are on you, you know, and it's interesting, you know. So let's go on then to the reaction to this, to the joke, which was the slap. And what strikes me as very striking to me, I guess a better way of saying it is how calmly he walked up there. And just then slaps him and then just walks calmly back down to his seat. Like at no point does it seem like he uh, lost his temper. He doesn't feel out of control at all. He didn't rush the stage. He sauntered up, you know, like he was in control of himself. He deliberately did that. It was a very deliberate action. And uh, I don't know where he learned that that was how you deal with a situation like that. But I mean, he kind of made it all about himself, didn't he? It's suddenly all about him. He made the entire rest of the night about him.
0: Yeah. Uh before we get too deep into this and we'll we'll dovetail back into it. I do want to talk about the racial component of this really quick because I do know we have a lot of black listeners, like I've had a few of them that have reached out to me on Instagram. Like I see it. I I know a lot of the problems here. I see something like Anthony Hopkins going up after everything's well underhand and clearly there's not gonna be another thing happening. And then Anthony Hopkins is like chastising and it comes off as real, real shitty. Yeah. Like real real older white guy telling you know everybody else like how to run and i think a lot of shitty racist stuff is coming in the culture right now like I we're mean, seeing people a are lot calling of
2: stuff. will smith a thug as which, soon as that word Which answers, honestly, yeah. there was nothing
0: thuggish about his behavior
2: either. He was pretty like that's what a that's how a rich guy assaults another rich
0: guy is by like calmly walking up and just being like slap <laughs> Yeah, but the back in the old day they would grab a glove and then hit him in the yeah, face he of the He almost lo- did or so challenge
2: him to a duel. Yeah. <laughs> he kind of did. In like a in a in a very like upper crusty kind of way. Like Yeah I mean, but Will Smith is He's tightrope walking this world where he's famous, but also black and he's rich, but he's also black and he's, you know, respected, but he's also black. And it's really so fucked up how much that weighs against him (laughs) when he's got all this shit that going for him, you know, but all it takes is one. Well, maybe not one,
0: but one very public misstep. This has been said on the show many times talking about women directors or minorities uh, directors in particular. I've had a couple of different versions of that on the show talking about how they can have a hit and it's fine, but the second it doesn't perform, then you discard them and they're always walking this tightrope. The white producers that pull the strings are ready to like jerk them off of the rope. You know, like at any point, like Blade's a good example of that, right? Like Blade comes out, it's a gigantic fucking hit. Nobody expects it to be this giant hit that it was. And then you get the second one out and it's another hit. You drop blade three and all of a sudden it's you can't have another black superhero movie because they don't sell. (laughs) It's like, well, the first two blades were anomalies. Like that's they don't (laughs) sell. And then we don't get another one until like Black Panther unless you count like Meteor Man or or Little Fair like that. The anomaly
2: is them actually green lighting a movie like that. But they look at and they say, oh, the anomaly is the result that one of these was successful when the one time they said yes it was successful right
0: (laughs) okay so I think we covered that end of it there's this weird theme around this Oscars that was unspoken that was really centered around toxic masculinity to me yeah I mean so power of
2: the dog being power of
0: the dog is a good example like that is what that movie is about it's about two or three things that is one of the things that it's about is like you're insecure so you use this to like mask who you are right and that's what the movie is about but then you look back and then there was all this stuff around it like you had sam elliott criticizing it right and like it's definitely some toxic shit that he was saying around that so that was kind of hanging over it and then jane campion was trying to like talk about that and then just says like careless rich white woman shit that like pisses off everybody so it's just like hanging around this cloud it figures like it fits with the theme to have this fucking toxic ass display happening. And what I mean by toxic is like he goes up to smack Chris Rock. And I think you were making this point to me, Carl, before we turn the microphones on, which is he was saying, get, get my wife's, wife's name out, out of your mouth. mouth right. He That's says it
2: twice. He says, get my wife's name out of your fucking mouth. I think he said. Yeah. When he says that, it's not about protecting her as he sort of claimed in his. Acceptance speech slash weak-ass apology. Non-apology, really. It's a non-apology a um, Chris
0: Rock anyway. Yeah. Like, he apologized to the Academy Apparently, and the nominees.
2: Apparently, he has now issued a statement he apologizing, has? yes, to Chris Rock. But he's like, I'm a work in progress. Like, yeah, a 57-year-old work in progress. Great. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Calling himself a protector, a family. Like, he was protecting his family. He's protecting his own insecurity. Because his family is so public. He tried yeah. to make movie stars out of his kids. Him and his wife have done multiple interviews and written autobiographies and talked about difficult things in their relationship that are now just kind of part of the conversation about pop culture. <laughs>
0: because well, why? Because they write articles about it. Okay. I do want to read this statement really quick. Sure. If that's okay. This is a new thing that I did not have prepared. See. So, okay.
2: So, also while you're reading that, are you, you're not going to read it out loud, are you? I, I was going to,
0: yeah. It's oh. not very long. Uh, he said violence in all its forms is poisonous and destructive. <laughs> My behavior at last night's Academy Awards was unacceptable and inexcusable. Jokes at my expense are a part of the job, but a joke about Jada's medical condition was too much to bear and I reacted emotionally. I would like to publicly apologize to you, Chris. I was out of line and I was wrong. I am embarrassed and my actions are not indicative of the man I want to be. There is no place for violence in a world of love and kindness. I am a work in progress. I actually think as far as apologies go, that suffices. Yeah, I, It doesn't take back what he did, but he actually addresses what he did said he shouldn't have done it but it's also like what more do you want from an apology let me put it that way actually what i want from that is less i
2: don't need any of this flowery poetic bullshit like there is no place for violence in a world of peace and love what the fuck does that actually mean that doesn't mean anything that's not an acknowledgement of anything that happened that is an abstract description of a world that doesn't exist because violence exists in our world and it's not something we should strive for. Animals eat each other. That's violence. This is not a world of love and peace. This is a world. And we are the ones whose actions determine if that world is going to be a world of love and peace or a world of violence. And he didn't choose. I I do His actions don't reflect I do
0: agree with you on that sentence. I would also like to say for all the shitty apologies I've heard come out, he at least addressed what he did? Oh, sure. Yeah. Comparatively. Like, he, he said, I did the wrong thing. He specifically said Chris, which like, yep. he said the yep. first name, which is also. Mr. Rock. <laughs> that's the thing. He could have said Chris Rock. He could have said Mr. Rock, like, which would have made it very informal and like been a slight. But no, he said Chris. Like, I feel like. To me, it's an adequate apology. I'm not saying that that makes okay what he did, but his apologies go. We've heard some real non-apologies yeah. apologies. like Oh, C- no. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying is, Louis so C. he's K. better than Louis C.K. And No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying like, as, as far as the apology so... goes, like this is a first step, dude. People have to actually <laughs> up- take accountability for shit that they did and apologize. It's
2: uh, All I'm saying is when it comes to comparing apologies, you're already in terrible company.
0: So being better than that is not- uh, that's, that's not what I'm it's, saying. It's I'm not saying impressive the, to me. <laughs> I'm saying the first step is actually taking accountability sure. and apologizing. And he did that. That's the first step. And it's a step that a lot of celebrities do not take So when they get called out.
2: There, I have another update as well, which is kind of a minor one. But there is a Scientology angle to this. <laughs> there are so many angles. Which is super yeah, weird. we're going to try and get into a lot of them. Okay, here. so here's the Scientology angle. At first, it was something being spouted by insane people on Reddit. And I actually called one of them out this morning while I was at work and bored and was like, what <laughs> are you Carl. talking about? <laughs> like, And I wasn't even being rude. I was just like, this guy was like, because, okay, so this starts with a district attorney who has co-opted this situation to help try to boost her run for office as district attorney in Los Angeles. And this this other guy was like, I'm not going to vote for her. But it's not because of this. It's because she can't see that this is clearly a Scientology PR stunt. She doesn't have the optics. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) He said she doesn't have the optics to to notice this this important thing that, that seems is obvious some mental gymnastics. And I was like, and so I just replied to him and I said, uh, I think that most people don't have the optics because you're literally the only person that I've seen so far <laughs> talking about the Scientology angle to this. And then he was like, well, did you teach at a school that Will Smith kids used to go to? <laughs> and I was like, no, but I Googled Will Smith Scientology. <laughs>
0: So it turns you did out the work
2: <laughs> so it turns out that Jada Pinkett Smith was the one that was mo- primarily into Scientology Will Smith dabbled in it because he was married to her and because that's kind of a thing but apparently Will Smith grew up Baptist and his family would shit a brick if you converted to Scientology so he never fully joined over but I'm sure he attended events with his wife and I'm sure he did stuff with Tom Cruise in some back room somewhere you know whatever they do reading their Thetan levels or whatever but then I read a thing just like while we were talking that apparently there are Scientology courses that when you are are a member of the church, you take these courses. And there are Scientology courses that teach you to unapologetically use slaps and physical force to let a fellow Scientologist know they've done something wrong. It's very common. And Tom Cruise has also, his version doesn't involve slapping. His inversion inver- is mostly verbal abuse. And if, if you remember, flipping out with the
0: COVID stuff yes, on the crew. Yes. That yeah. was
2: him using techniques he learned from the Church of Scientology.
0: Now, That's a nice way to say it. It sounded like he's losing his shit to me.
2: (laughs) Right. Well, that's the thing. He's not losing his shit. He's in control. He's doing it deliberately. And when I think about it, I'm not saying that this is a Scientology PR stunt. That seems- Stupid. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. We'll say counterintuitive. No, I'm going to say stupid. You'd say counterintuitive. But I
2: do think- that the reason why he did that so unapologetically and so deliberately and so in control is because he was saying like, that's what he, he learned this technique from the Scientologists that you, that's how a way that you shame a person. You think when Chris Rock told that he told a joke about Jada Pinkett Smith in 2016, then he told another one in 20, you think he's telling one in 2025, the 2028 Oscars? Dude,
0: that guy's never telling a joke about Jada Pinkett Smith ever okay. again. We're going to double back to what you're saying here. But I want to hit it in a broader point, okay? Which is talking about image. I think one of the things that makes this so shocking is that when we were growing up, Will Smith was the clean rapper. He was the one. He that, was the <laughs> clean guy.
1: Yeah, he was shame Eminem for swearing in his on his album. Oh, even before yeah. that, even like pre Eminem, that right? Stops.
0: Like he would have. Sh- I'm sure he shamed like Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg and and guys like that, right? Like he was Pain, definitely it's just against.
2: Understand?
0: Right. Well, that's I, I'm talking like more. 90s Will Smith when uh, he was like putting out, jiggy with it. Yep, putting out, yep, that putting out getting jiggy with it and shit like that. But if you had told me 25 years ago, hey, Will Smith is going to slap somebody on a stage, and Diddy is the one who's going to try and like bring the sides together and make it okay. <laughs> By the way, Diddy is what like Puff Daddy is calling himself now. <laughs> That's and, and that stage th- is the Oscars, and Will Smith Diddy will then the win an force Oscar. Of
1: reason in 40 this. Dude, minutes
0: later, you can't make this shit up dude. Like no part of that I would have believed. But uh anyway, so I, I want to talk about we've we've hit on this a few times about how image is not reality <coughs> in various ways. Somebody's public persona is something that's cultivated and they put that out there. And I think we're in a time where people understand that a little better because we all have social media accounts now like we're slightly different than what we are online. Like you don't share everything about your life online and what you do share, you're choosing what to share, right? Like the people who say every single thing that hits their head tends to like lose people that follow them because it's very dramatic, (laughs) you know? (laughs) So I I wanna talk about a couple of things that are in Will Smith's past pre-Scientology as well. Because like I immediately did a dig of like before everybody was writing all the articles while I'm watching the Oscars, I just started putting in Will Smith abuse because I'm just curious. I'm curious what comes up on Google and like searching through it. So I found a bunch of old articles. So he spent a night in jail in 1989 because his bodyguard beat a promoter and nearly lost his vision as a result from the beatdown. Allegedly, Smith ordered him to attack the man at a radio station. Now, the case was thrown out and dismissed, but that did happen and it was Smith's bodyguard. Now, Smith wrote in his autobiography that came out, I believe, in November, that he was yelled at as an executive for changing a Fresh Prince script without permission. He stood up and yelled at the executive, what the fuck you want to do, bitch? Who the fuck is you talking to? He then forced the exec to sit. He was standing because he had a recent back surgery but the guy was so scared he like sat down. This is Will Smith writing this. Like, this isn't somebody doing a secondhand account. Like, this is Will Smith writing it. Then Janet Hubert, who played Aunt Viv, famously quit the show in the third season and they replaced See Aunt Viv, Right. Like that's been a story for a long time. So they had this reunion show that they did, I think, for HBO Max and they cut some footage. But apparently in the footage, she said that that she quit the show because Smith had cut her pay because she was pregnant. Then she said that he had smeared her reputation. She was dark skinned and labeled difficult so she couldn't find more work. He responded to her by saying, I could not do a 30 year celebration of this show and not celebrate you, celebrate your contribution and celebrate your contribution to my life. The person I want to be is someone who protects you, not someone who unleashes dark on you. Like this sounds pretty familiar, right? So there's some other things that maybe we get into, but I want to focus on that one in particular, because there's been a lot of talk about how protection in that speech that he went up and gave where it's really sounded like he was justifying hitting chris rock by protecting his family this is the same language that he used for firing a pregnant woman and he's saying like no no i want to protect you i want to protect like what are you talking about dude you didn't protect her then like where does that come from i think this is his fallback when he gets called out on shit like it seems like there is a bit of a track record of things here that he's done in his past it's shocking because we're seeing it out front But there was little signs of this. It's just nobody put it all together, you know?
2: You know, speaking of image, this hasn't entirely tarnished his image either because there is a very healthy portion of the population that is celebrating what he did, that thinks that what he did was the right decision, that he was 100% justified in protecting his family. That's how you solve problems. You know, I hate to like rain on that parade. But from a personal perspective, I can't help but feel like it's a cycle of violence that is just kid that just continues forever. And it's like when we are kids and we suffered at the hands of our parents, a lot of times in order to justify it, we internalized it and Justify doing it to our kids, you know? And people will say, well, my dad beat me with a belt and I turned out okay. And that always makes me really sad because I think, well, are you okay? You think it's okay to beat a child? That doesn't sound okay to me, you know?
0: And it's not like he doesn't have anger in him. He also wrote in his autobiography about his dad abusing his mom and how inside he's a coward. And so everything he has done is to, like, mask that he's a coward and to show his mom that, like, he could stick up for. And he wrote in his autobiography at one point he was a caregiver for his dad and he was at the top of the steps and he was thinking about pushing him off of the steps. I don't think like being abused necessarily causes you to be an abuser, but it can normalize it. It's pretty common. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Something you mentioned to me earlier, too, off mic was that anger is never the root emotion whenever somebody there's an outburst of violence. The anger is usually the trigger of the violence itself. But there's always something that happens first that then gets masked with anger, like whether it's fear or disgust or Something, you know, insecurity, anxiety, you know, the the anger is never the core. Yeah. It's never the starting point. It's always like the next. It's always step two. Kind of like drug abuse. An addict's problem isn't drug abuse. It's usually something that got them to start taking drugs in the first place. To escape
0: it. Like most,
2: yeah. I'd say yeah. a, a a majority, I would argue that a majority of drug abusers turned to it as a way of Coping. dealing with something else. Yeah. And then became it's not like they went like, "Ooh, I'll go get hooked on that. You know, that sounds
0: good to go get hooked on that." <laughs> and so when you look at this incident, it's like a perfect storm for Will Smith too. I will say like Oh man. And I I just want to step back and look at this objectively without judgment or anything. He's on the biggest stage you can be on for an actor. Like, this is typically the second biggest event of the year on television. Unless you're in a Super Bowl commercial, this is the biggest you can be for an actor. He's the shoe in to get this award. Everybody's saying it's his award, and it's because people just like Will Smith. Like, so they really want to give him this award, right? Which also adds this pressure of, like, What if I don't win? Because that is a possibility. He was the biggest shoe-in of the night. If you looked at the odds, he was by far like the biggest odds to win anything. But because he's a coward, he's like, this is
2: the biggest chance of an upset ever. I'm never, I'm going to lose because everybody thinks I'm going to win. So you get
0: that anxiety. (laughs) You're on TV. You're in a bunch of people. That room is like killer dude like imagine being in that room and just like if you watch any movies or TV guess what there's tons of people you recognize everywhere that maybe you worshipped as a kid that maybe you worship now people that are coming up people that are coming for your spot it's just like everywhere there the whole industry is there everybody's watching you he's supposed to get this award he's got this history of abuse he's like dealing with this stuff with his wife that's like clearly stressful and then Chris Rock comes out and starts making jokes really complimentary Denzel Washington right before he says Will Smith it did not escape me that like he spent a minute talking about what a good performance Denzel Washington had did not have a joke for Denzel Washington he was just riffing and he was talking about how good he was in Macbeth in that one particular line delivery oh yeah
2: that was the other that's a very important aspect he invoked the curse oh mentioned Macbeth (laughs) you're supposed to call it the Scottish play he said it (laughs) He said the name of the play on a stage. And moments later, he was struck down with violence. Coincident? Now, if there's a conspiracy that I could get behind, it's the Shakespeare curse theory.
0: Now, I like where you're going. It's fun. But realistically, Marvel did not get a lot of love here. And we found out that Denzel Washington said to Will Smith at your highest moment that the devil comes for you. Is Chris Rock Mephisto,
2: (laughs) (laughs) or is Will Smith Mephisto? No, because Mephisto was the one who
0: did this to Will Smith, right? Oh, you think Jada's Mephisto? That's
2: real misogynist. Or or is Regina King Mephisto (laughs) because she actually referenced the infidel, The the open marriage.
0: Mephisto, watch.
2: So there was this ridiculous white lady that was like, "If Will Smith had slapped Betty White, she would be dead right now." <laughs> and, but she is dead right now, and people were like mocking her. And like one guy was like, uh, "One guy was like, if if he'd gone up there and hit Chris Rock with a big overly sized cartoonish hammer, he would have a big bump growing out of his head and birds flying around, like, <laughs> tweeting, you know, like all violence." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this black writer that I read in the post did make a good point that I can't picture him doing that to Dave Chappelle telling the same joke, same joke. Can't see him doing that to Dave Chappelle. Can't see him doing that to Hannibal Burris. Can't see him doing that to uh, Don Rickles. Can't see him doing that to Dane Cook. Can't see him doing that to Louis CK. Can't see him doing that to Regina King. he, Picked a smaller black man intentionally. Like this was this guy's theory, not mine. But I'm saying like, because that's the one guy that he can safely do that to and not get like smacked back down, you know, or like that was going to just take the hit. If there was a moment where something could have been done about that, it was the moment after it happened if chris rock had been like what the fuck dude what get the, get him the fuck out of here or if somebody if the security had done something right then and been like hey man this is unacceptable behavior we got to escort you out. right or something along those lines but they let him sit back down you know yeah, <laughs> and they gave that's... him an award 40 minutes they <sighs> acted like
0: it didn't happen no no, that... no no nobody i do well, i do okay. want to get into this they, nobody they... acted like this did not happen <laughs> they were
2: but would you not <laughs> but say but i know what
0: you're saying yeah
2: if there was a scale and it was like aggressive Aggressive on one end and passive aggressive on the other end. They were pretty much on the passive aggressive end of the seesaw for the rest of the night. Yeah, I yeah. think like they made like side
0: side comments and like they definitely talked no, nothing about directly. Yes, they definitely talked about it. They they talked said around that and, it. and the no, they did not talk around it. Are you like sure? I I saw the, okay I saw the guy at the Academy who's like holding up everything. And they were all in shock. At first they thought it was a bit. They also thought it was a bit between Will Smith and Chris Rock. That hadn't been discussed Rock. ahead of time. Because stuff yes. like that does And happen. then they talked to Chris Rock and, made, and found out it wasn't a bit and made sure he was all right. And then they were split directly down the middle like half of them were like we should escort him from the building and half of them were like dude the optics on this is fucking terrible no matter what this. they do though right so like i think where they fell was like we're damned if we do and we're damned if we don't just, which just is the true show going D- dude this yeah. is i i am not saying they made the right decision the show must go on but like that was the decision That is they accurate with. dude there was yeah. no right decision on this one they're both bad moves so it's like i'm not gonna necessarily lance them for this one because like i don't know what the fuck I would do either because I'd be like man that's gonna look terrible especially because like he's probably gonna win best actor you know what they but... should have
2: done is they should have been like you know this one time let's peek and see if he won <laughs> Cause that makes a huge determination
0: about how the rest of this night's gonna go. Yeah, if he doesn't if win, because if we
2: kick him out and okay. then he wins, can I that go? Looks can I go against too.
0: that? He was the most odds-on favorite of every of every category of over the night. If he somehow didn't win after that happened, you also get conspiracy theories <laughs> that pop up <laughs> that about say racism. that they
2: changed it. Dude, there's no winning
0: in this scenario. Like there from really their, is. from their perspective, there was nothing you can do. I'm not saying they made the right decision. I just don't the right. Decision was probably escorting him from so the I think
2: that at the end of the day, what makes this such a fascinating story is that it's the intersection of so many different issues that are currently being waged and like fought over in our culture right now. It's just right at the perfect meeting point of race and humor and Feminism. gender roles
0: and... All this stuff. Acting, like canceling people, like all of this. It's all, all meets in this like Venn diagram right in the middle.
2: But it's still less interesting to me though than the debacle when they got La La Land wrong because that was a logistical error where they had too many fail-safes in a system that was designed to be perfect. And because of all the fail-safes, the fail-safes are what caused everything to go wrong. And like learning the timeline of all of that and... Is way more interesting. <laughs> Just let me say, it's more so, interesting. <laughs> I I know what you're saying on a cerebral. I like, absolutely, it's a, it's I absolutely more, disagree no, no. with it's you. It's more. On it's okay. So this I know what you is saying. a philosophical debate with a hundred different sides yeah
0: right that's what makes it fascinating to me
2: that is a logistical puzzle
0: that is just like a funny Rubik's Cube of bad decision making yes that is like there's clearly a victim in that one there's like very clearly like a fuck up and we know whose fault the fuck ups are right and like like that is like a thing that should not have happened that happened this is a thing that like there are like two bad guys in this depending on how you look at it and like it intersects so many other things it's and then way more fascinating you know
1: there's me. a lot of other victims of like i mean quest love like cuz it was during the announcement it was for right. his yep. documentary for the yep. the Harlem uh movie and then later Summer on sorry yeah, yeah um and later on just looking at cuz uh I, Venus and Serena Williams were up in the crowd and like they're going to be tied to this Yep.
0: I, and so I wanted to talk about the ripple effect that this had. And then I think we can be done with Will Smith for well, now. touch on him a little <laughs> bit. yeah. It, it derailed the night. It really did. Like everything changed. It was a boring Oscars for the first two hours. And then Will Smith pops Chris Rock and it just like has this ripple effect across the whole thing that stops. The next thing after Questlove, which you just talked about, happened. Then like you have Diddy coming on stage. And he immediately is like, we're going to get them together at this after party, and they're going to make up, which apparently they did. Yeah, That's what I read, was like, Diddy said that that did happen. They did talk face-to-face with each other and everything. They do this very ill-advised clip for the 50th anniversary of The Godfather, (laughs) where they're playing hip-hop over it and showing these super violent scenes of The Godfather, which like, really bad fucking timing on that, right? And then you have like, Francis Ford Coppola, Al Pacino, and uh, Robert De Niro, who... all look like they're like I don't know three steps from death while they're walking out there and then they can feel the energy isn't right either and clearly their meds haven't kicked in and they're getting tired and cranky so like that doesn't go over so well then to top it all off when you get to best picture it broke my heart dude they literally wheel out Liza Minnelli she gives this opening line and then Lady Gaga kind of picks it up because she loses it and is trying to like help her through it and then she repeats the first line again and then openly admits that she doesn't know what she's doing there <laughs> Like yeah. it's like it's fucking heartbreaking dude like everything just fell apart as soon as that slap happened like <laughs> say what you want about the first two hours being boring but it did run like clockwork and things did work and stuff happened that was supposed to happen and then everything just went off the fucking track as soon as that happened like it derailed the rest of the night like it's not just quest love either jane campion goes to get her moment she is once again overshadowed by a king richard thing
2: right (laughs) she uh (laughs) although maybe she deserved a little bit but she also caught a little bit of flack because apparently one of the things she said in her speech was to she opened her speech giving a note to uh robin hood prince of thieves uh Dances one, running with wolves. I mean, oh, uh
0: oh, because Kevin, Kevin Costner introduced. So her.
2: Kevin Costner said something, gave a little speech before he announced, and she came out, and then she like criticized his speech.
0: Okay, I'm behind Campion on this one. Okay. I'm going to be very real. I have watched many speeches in the Oscars. I have never seen Brandon. Back me up on this. You saw this. I've never seen such a fucking long-winded speech at any award show ever. Did is that it what was, she
2: said? Was that it was long-winded? Kinda, basically. She
0: she, she was basically, like, sum it up a little bit. Yeah, but, like, yeah. She fucking went on and hmm. on and on, dude. It was fucking boring dude he's I guess talking it depends the,
2: on I guess it depends on if
0: it was also conceited as fuck because he's talking about the role of the director and how like all these people will like tell a director they're wrong but like they really got to see <laughs> it through and all this shit and he's saying all this shit because he won best director for dances with wolves he's also so he like inflating the Kevin Costner you're balloon that he knows what he's talking about I'm saying that like <laughs> it was pompous and fucking and he took long-winded. anyways half an hour to tell she, story. that's it dude he took so good God, that, that, like, it, the but thing was it, 38 he, minutes he over, and he was every, responsible for he 20, said 20 of it.
1: Every word in that thing in about 30 seconds. Yep, he shattered the hell out of that thing. <laughs> <laughs> it
0: was like he was in a baseball movie and hit a home run, and was except,
1: walking and crawling around the bases. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's just like giving a speech about how he hit that home run as he's like rounding first, and he's on se- minute seven of walking to first because apparently the timer's off. <laughs> It was awful. And then, he, <laughs> and then he dies between second and third base, and they have to, like, uh, bring out to the
1: ambulance, defibrillate him. him and... No, they
2: weekended Bernie's him around the bases <laughs> the rest of the D-
0: Doing the speech Still. <laughs> Okay. So my Oscar picks last week, I just want to note I got nineteen of twenty-three right, eighty-three percent. I'm pretty proud of that. That's that's a pretty good ratio. I got a hundred percent right. You got a hundred percent wrong. No, you didn't, I got You
2: hundred percent in. right. Um we should talk about the hammer, right? No, we should first we should talk about was I right about the the audience favorite? The yes. Army of we the were the all dead right. Win?
1: We all we
0: all guessed Army of the Dead, yeah. That was that so was So I was a
2: hundred percent right.
0: Furthermore, they had another thing I was not one aware that they were going to do. That's not an Oscar though. That was was, okay. They made it very, I made very clear that was not an I was Oscar. Right. Uh, they also had like best scenes in cinema history and fucking Flash going into like the, the Speed, Speed Force? Force was chosen in oh, Zack Snyder's fuck. Justice League oh, version. Yeah. They picked that as the best scene in cinematic history. Yep. Uh, yep. I'm not even going to comment sure. on that. I'm just going to let that hang. Just think about that for a second, listener. We got the Exorcist Girl's head spinning
2: around, we got the Monolith. In two thousand and one, and then we've got and a then flash we hit
0: protection. Yeah. we might as well stop. I mean, there's nothing. Nothing it's about
1: Like you know, the evolution opening the of- bed and seeing a horse head severed. <laughs> Laying in there all bloody. The evolution the of man. Yeah, no, the that's evolution
2: classic. of man. You've got it's you've got like blood circling down the drain and psycho has all nothing fours. on
1: speed force. <laughs> you have
2: got like on all fours and then hunched over and then standing upright and then sitting at a computer desk, right? And Reading now we've got Kaiser
1: like, Soze
2: on the bottom like, of a We've got train coming at the audience. We've got <laughs> You're really going back, dude. We've got uh <laughs> Alfred Hitchcock with the psycho and the, the stabbing. Wee, wee, wee. Yeah. We got uh we got a space odyssey. Then we go uh d- welcome to Jurassic Park and then we got uh oh, oh, That's the Spielberg um, oh, no. pull. <laughs> Andy Do crawled through a mile of shit and came out clean on the other One side. One red coat <laughs> in a pile of coats. Yeah. Oh, the red. Coat. You're going backwards. Yeah. 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 I timelines. Then we got like same year uh, as oh. Jurassic Park. We're in the uh, Speed uh, Force. It
1: doesn't matter. Yeah, <laughs> <we have time.
2: laughs> you can travel time in the Speed Force. Yeah, obviously. We've got uh, yeah, Batman. I'm the Batman. Okay. <laughs>
0: I am the Batman. <laughs> just that's that's, guy, that's, that's just delivery now. I'm, <laughs> I, 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 I'm the, Batman. the Batman. I'm the Batman.
2: <laughs> you know what I would have put in that montage is, was the sequence at the beginning of the Aqua Teen Hunger Force movie when the candies are coming out and they're singing about, let's all go to the movies. And then they like walk up on like a bunch of like death metal snacks <laughs> that then sing, scare them off with a death metal song about the rules of of theater etiquette and they say like do not talk during the movie or we'll come to your house and tear your wife in half <laughs> like do not bring babies to the theater leave the spawn outside put it in the middle of the street and run it over <laughs> i don't know they say all this great stuff but that should be at the beginning of every single movie okay the rules of theater going
0: <laughs> in death metal form All right, so let's do some Believable Badass or Bullshit. All right, Best Supporting Actress. So Ariana DeBose for West Side Story won it. I'm going to say badass. She was really good in it. Like, she sang, she danced, she did it all. She did a good Saturday Night Live when she hosted.
2: Yeah, she did. So, she's pretty badass. All right. And she, like, checks off so many diversity boxes.
0: Oh, Jesus, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Like, oh, man. The woman one doesn't count because it's
2: actress. She's queer. She's... Uh, she's Latino. I think she's half Latino and half. She's Puerto
0: Rican. I yeah, know that. Yeah, I, I don't remember if that's Latinx got... or if that's. Latino, Yeah, Apparently, she's there's just, a difference.
2: she's just great.
0: Yeah. So best sound, Dune. I'm going to say badass, dude. Like, I went to it in the theater. Sorry, Carl. I went to it in the theater <laughs> and it sounded amazing.
2: I'm going to say, I mean, it is believable. I believe it. I think it's bullshit because Suicide Squad had better sound. That was definitely not up
0: for an Oscar. <laughs> How about you, Brandon? You got anything?
2: Uh, just go believable. I just don't care about, what's his name?
0: The sound guy? No, the movie, dude.
2: Dune. Fuck you, Dune.
0: (laughs) Well, get ready, dude. (laughs) Dune won the most Oscars. Best Cinematography, Greg Frazier, Dune. Every movie on here was fucking badass in terms of cinematography. I'm fine with any of them winning. Like, it actually legitimately, for different reasons, every one was amazing. The only one I liked better than any of these was not on the list was The Tragedy of Macbeth. That was, like, amazing.
2: Snyder Cut. Snyder
0: Cut. (laughs) (laughs) So you go bullshit? No,
2: I think it... Fucking, whatever, it's believable.
0: Stupid Dune being all Dune-like. Dune. All right. Best documentary short, The Queen of Basketball. I'm going to say badass because usually the winner, it's like an issues thing. They're always like revolved around issues. But this is the first woman to to be drafted by an NBA team. And uh, she never played for him. But it was really interesting, like hearing her life and hearing her story. It was kind of fun. That sounds interesting. Uh, best visual effects, Dune. So Wrong. I'm going to say badass because this is the only one that didn't have holes in the effects. Everything else I looked at, there was stuff that was... A little wonky at certain parts. Suicide Squad. Uh not up for an Oscar, but like Spider-Man, No Way Home. There was some things with the lizard that was a little wonky. Giant. Shang Chi looked good, but the dragon at the end like didn't look super great. Like there was just little wonky things.
2: Morris is definitely like one of the greatest inventions of the MCU of all time. So Agreed. But uh (laughs) no, giant Starfish. Starfish. <laughs>
0: so you're gonna bullshit because yes, nom- every
2: award that goes to Dune should have gone to <laughs> Suicide Squad. <laughs> 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 All right,
0: best animated feature encanto. Bullshit, dude. Aww. Flea should have won this. But furthermore, I would have picked Wait, any what of the- have won it? Flea. F L E E. Oh, okay. Uh, it is this documentary that was nominated for three Oscars? Didn't win any of them, but it was actually filming this guy from Afghanistan talking about escaping Afghanistan, going to the Soviet Union, and also dealing with being gay and like being human trafficked and stuff like this. It was super interesting. Had a really good story, and they animated it to kind of protect his animity but also show the parts of his life without having it just be him talking like actual narrative kind right. of things reenact and I've never seen anything like it it was incredible but then furthermore I would have picked any of the other Disney movies over this which was like Ray right. of the Last Dragon and uh, Luca. Uh, Luca like we're both better than this it, I they picked the worst one dude I just did not like Encanto I'm well, sorry well you don't like music I don't like musicals but there was other musicals on the list and I would have put above this you also so Luca's a musical i'm pretty sure
2: you famously hate Lynn manuel miranda i do not you know <laughs> that's
0: not true <laughs> i am i
2: am gonna say believable but i am biased because i i i heart stephanie beatriz she was rosa diaz on brooklyn 99 and she's the main character of encanto so it's cool to see her like anytime any people from things that i like blow up in other ways, it makes me happy. So I'm like glad to see that.
1: I'm just gonna say uh bullshit cause uh Mitchell's in the machine so Lord and Miller would have had a that Oscar. was a
0: popular choice. It, it was, was the, fun. It's also too long to be honest. It's a I, two I hour cartoon. It either, so. it's, it's it's good you like it. So best animated short. So the windshield wiper one. I'm gonna say badass because it was basically it was talking about love. But they did all these examples of love that were not something that you would see in a typical movie. Like it's not like meat cutes or anything like that. It's like stuff where like two people are on their phones and they're like looking at Tinder kind of while they're both on their phones right in front of each other. And they just swipe left and like walk away from each other it's like stuff like that it's like it was really entertaining for me i really liked it and i did not expect it to win because usually they they go with something like disney or pixar which didn't exist in this but robin robin was kind of the style and right. that didn't win either so i i'm just impressed that they picked that one best supporting actor troy Kutzer for coda i'm gonna say believable he was really good in it he would not have been my choice like even out of that movie there was a lot of good performances in that movie i I thought Cody Smith McPhee had a really difficult needle to thread and power the dog, and I probably would have handed it to him. But it was still a good performance, and I was very happy to see his speech.
2: Sean Gunn as Weasel and Suicide Squad. <laughs> <laughs> that run into the woods at the very end post-credit sequence. That's dude, pretty
0: good. That's pretty
2: good. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't it? Wasn't
0: Weasel good? But you know,
2: <laughs> he's like making all those dumb I'm not, little noises. I'm not
0: mad about. <laughs> he immediately <Oscar. laughs> drowns. Like you are yes. still on Suicide Squad. What? <laughs> Amazing. It should have won. It should have swept
2: this year. All
0: right, best international film. Drive my car. Bullshit, dude. This is. (laughs) the one international film that i hated i kept hearing about this one and people really wrote or died for it it was boring dude it's three hours and nothing happens like it's so boring i would have gone like worst person in the world which like talked about misogyny and like people being canceled but like actually looked at it in a real way and showed many facets to it uh my personal pick once again would have been flea like flea should have won i can't believe it didn't win anything Uh, Best live action short, The Long long Goodbye. The Long Goodbye, yeah. I think this was believable. The second I saw Riz Ahmed was at the center of the short, I'm like, oh, this is going to win because there's a big actor in the middle of this, you know? It's not the way I would have gone, but it did have a good stark message about how immigrants are treated. I would have gone Please Hold, which had no chance of winning because it's a sci-fi short. And anything that's sci-fi is just not going to win at the Oscars like it never does. But it was a really good explanation of how the prison system works and kind of where we're going with automation. And it's a dystopia for sure. You would actually love it, Carl. I think you would love this short. Best costume design, Jenny Beaven for Cruella. I think this is believable. Yeah, like, yeah. She did a good job on it. I think it should have been Dune, honestly, because <laughs> this is a long-standing thing with the Oscars and Black Panther is the one time that this doesn't hold true. But all these sci-fi things that like build up these whole worlds where they have to make things out of their imagination, they always nominate them for Oscars and then they're like, get out of here. We're going to go with these old clothing ones that they reproduced. And I don't know why the oscars loves that but if you had to go with that carilla was a choice and that lady was kooky and i enjoyed watching her she was was
1: interesting to watch yeah Yeah.
2: they finally gave harley quinn a badass costume that wasn't sexually exploitative (laughs) and they also got her to wear a really nice pretty red dress and steve ag was a king shark so by Carl's count, it would
0: have already overtaken <laughs> Dune. I'm just, I want to give every award that Dune. I'm, I'm hearing that. I am hearing that. Well, we know how Carl's going to go on this one. Best original screenplay, Kenneth Brana, Belfast. I'm going to say believable. I think they wanted to give him an Oscar for sure. sure. But Kenneth I would have gone, Brana, don't look up, dude. It was like actually about something important and it, it pulled off the comedy. I, I don't think that was an easy thing to do.
2: Yeah. Kenneth Branagh, yeah. that guy just, I don't get his appeal. <laughs>
0: he has a Thor <laughs> Easter egg. It's the only best picture with a Thor Easter egg. Like there's a kid reading a Thor comic and he directed the first Thor. So, right. Yeah. I enjoyed that. It's a, like a, yeah, it's a re- reverse Easter egg.
2: He's yeah, waiting. it's a, it's a nod, is what yeah. it
0: is. Uh, best adapted screenplay, Sean Header for Coda. Dude, this is bullshit, man. I'm sorry. This is bullshit. They just picked this because it's feel good and they wanted it Why? For it was Best Suicide Picture. Squad in there? Suicide Squad was not on there. Go <laughs> off, Carl.
2: <laughs> <laughs> what what other, Well, who do you think should have won an adapted screenplay?
0: Power of the Dog. Okay. Like, they did a really good job of having a nuanced story there. Like, you watch it one way the first time, it means something different than when you rewatch it. There's stuff layered into the story that I think every time you watch it you pull out something more out of it i think that's the sign of a really good screenplay like you know what i think about like as a great screenplay like fight club you know what i mean like the screenplay for fight club there's so many layers within that and power the dog is closer on the fight club scale whereas like coda is very far away from fight club best score hans zimmer for dune bullshit hans zimmer sucks yeah
2: that's what he's famous for i mean that noise is pretty good but
0: <laughs> it's like in every trailer now, i miss right? the
2: days when every trailer had the strings from uh what you call it requiem for a dream yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty good.
0: Ba-na-na-na-na-na. This movie just did generic desert know, music, and it won because there's this big narrative about how like Hans Zimmer invented an- instruments for this. Big deal. You still big had a fucking. You deal. still had a lady going yeah, 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 like in the background <laughs> the entire movie. Like Ugh. it's fucking reductive, dude. Yeah, Dune sucks. Yeah, uh, I would have <laughs> given this to Johnny Greenwood for Power of the Dog. Dude, like I, fucking I the dude even- from Radiohead, man. Hand it to him.
2: Uh, what is that guy's name? Johnny Greenwood. Oh, that's the oh, that's a different guy from Radiohead. Yeah, weird. It's not like the there's usual, like two of them, right? There's well, there's at least <laughs> one that is the guy from Radiohead that is everybody knows. Uh, Tom York is his name, right? And, and it's
0: Tom with an H. And John Greenwood Tom York. has been doing scores for the last couple of years, and I think this is a second Actually, nomination.
2: I think, I think he is Tom because it's Thomas.
0: I think that's just how they shorten
2: Tom Thomas. Like in England or wherever the fuck. He's not American, is he? No. From New York, I, I don't think he's American. I think he's they're like, both
0: English, aren't they? He's yeah.
2: British or English or whatever, Welsh or whatever the fuck, wherever he's from. Who gives a fuck? Liverpool.
0: Best editing, Dune. Is ah, it, this is badass, dude. Like For you, a big movie Dune. like that, there's a lot of cuts, dude. Ugh. You know sense. what? I
2: still like the old uh, fight sequences of the old Stephen Lynch. No, David Lynch. <laughs> the David Lynch Dune where they're like encased in those weird boxes. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, what the fuck are you even doing here? I liked that better because I, as soon as I finished watching Dune, I was like, this is half a fucking movie. God damn it. It's a three hour half a movie, which annoys the hell out of me endlessly. But I went back and watched David Lynch's Dune because that's the whole story. It's both halves in less time (laughs) than they tell the first half of the story. And man, how did they stretch that shit out to three hours?
0: Because David Lynch ignored a bunch of the story probably. No,
2: it's all there. It's all there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. There's more.
2: They cut stuff out. (coughs) The character that Sting plays in the... David Lynch Dune movie is not present.
0: Okay. I don't know. I, I read the beginning of the book. I didn't get through it. I was in Z- seventh grade. No
2: sting. Zero out of ten. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. That's not true. <laughs> Best documentary feature. So Summer of Soul One as we talked to Questlove. before. Questlove. Believable. Um, I'm going to say believable because like – if I'm being honest, I think the only reason it won was because they wanted to put Questlove up on the stage. <laughs> sure. And Questlove probably regretted being the one up on that stage oh, due Oh, yeah, timing. bad timing. I thought it was a great concert movie. Like, great, with a capital G. But as far as documentaries go... You know where I'm going with this. It's Flea, dude. Flea should have <laughs> won three Oscars. What the fuck? Anyway. Okay. Uh, best production design. So Zuzani, Sipios, and Patrice, Patricia Vermette Dune. Uh, I'm going to say believable, but dude, Tragedy Macbeth had these crazy like minimalist sets production that were design. like amazing. Yeah. So now we're talking about like special effects,
2: practical special effects. No,
0: that was visual effects. We are talking about, about like scenery, basically. Yes. So like scenery, like uh, setting up stages of rooms and stuff like that, like everything that the characters are walking through. So like in Tragedy of Macbeth, they have hedges everywhere and they have these like monolith kind of looking blocks for the castle. And they okay. they have like stuff like that, basically. Um, I think it's incredible. They have a scene where the, the witch who always turns into three witches when there's like reflections on the water because they take one witch and they have it reflect twice and then it becomes three witches. It's kind of cool. But they're in the castle at one point. Macbeth is talking with the witches the second time and water starts to fill up in the castle right before they show up because it kind of represents her cauldron but like the way that they would have had to done that is like they would have had the water in the room and then drained it and then reversed the footage so they they designed this entire room to like fill this water in addition to like looking like a fucking castle so and we're saying a look it's pretty cool
2: like i feel like one of the best at that kind of thing is michelle gondry but yeah.
0: not up for an Oscar. No, this no, year. he didn't right. make a movie this year.
2: But I'm thinking back to like uh, it's always or uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, the kind of crazy se- shots and scenes he pulled, or or the the time lapse sequence. That is in the show, the, that, that show that was on Showtime with uh, Jim Carrey, where he's the, the comedian. I know what you're talking about, but there I will a, never pull the name. So it's like a, Sunshine or something. Yeah, it's like Happiness, or it's got some name like that, Laughing. or. But there's a sequence where the camera is in the center of the room, and it's going in a circle. and. As the camera goes around, it's, like, showing time passing. And if you look behind the scenes, like, they're literally, as the camera's revolving, they're, like, behind the camera rearranging the entire fucking apartment constantly. So it's all done in real time, but it feels like a time lapse. Like, the time is passing. as it's going in a circle. It's fucking brilliant. It's one of the most brilliant sequences I've ever seen. That... Is production design because it feels uh, like if, special they, if effects. they're uh,
0: if they are taking the room to like be able to accommodate these things yes they're doing sure. things like pulling a rug and there's a different rug underneath it yeah I think that would fall under that yeah yeah yeah
2: It's just genius.
0: It's not always special effects. That's just like the flashy one that I pulled. Like most of it is just like straight up like in Tragedy Macbeth. They have parts where they're out in the courtyard and they have these hedges that seem to go on for infinity on the sides. And it's in this like 4-3 kind of boxy format. But it like looks incredible.
2: Because, you know, like uh, they filled a fake body with pig and cow guts and then had Steve Agee pull it in half for suicide squad.
0: Not production design. Okay, yeah. best original song uh Billie Eilish one for No Time to Die. I'm going to say believable, but if I'm being honest, man, it's the best of like a lot of subpar choices this year. There was not That's pretty... like a great choice this year. It's
2: a weird uh category. You're separating it from score because obviously it is different from a score but then it's like sometimes it's a song that is used in a movie prominently and written for that movie right it has to be written for the yeah but sometimes it's like it's a song from a musical which is written for the musical kind of thing yeah and i feel like musical songs don't belong in that category, but if they didn't put them in there, there may not be enough to choose from and to they make win a, a category. they win a lot. They almost lot. always win. Yeah. yeah. Nah. So,
0: almost. You know, what f- it, you know what it is? Honestly, if there is a song that's hitting really big on pop radio when the Oscars come up, that's going to win. See, that's
2: the thing. That's always the it's winner. It's the category I have the least <clears throat> respect for.
0: Yeah. Of all it the only, categories. I swear to God, it in only, the it only exists to get musicians... Up on stage for the award show. Yeah. I really don't think there's another reason to have that category. That's the only reason they and do. And they
2: it. gave it to the song from Hustle and Flow one year. And I'll never I'll never forgive them for that. I know, because you
0: always bring it up. It's so stupid. Yes, three six mafia has more Oscars than the Suicide Squad. <laughs> oh. You're, you're framing it that way,
2: huh?
0: I just want to make you more. So mad, now no.
2: you're choosing violence. <laughs> That was basically the slap. equivalent of a slap. You just slapped me with that
0: statement. <laughs> uh, best director Jane Campion, Power of the Dog. Badass, dude. It's, that movie is masterfully I'm directed. Just, I'm I want to know Brandon's opinion on this. I'm going to say believable. This. I'm not going to say
2: badass. I'm going to say believable. And, my, and I'll <sighs> let Brandon talk, aside, sorry, talk over you. But I'm going to say believable because she kind of put her foot in her mouth multiple times since in the last couple of weeks so it's less badass than it would have been just because of that
0: i hear what but, you're saying i'm going purely off of
2: the actual but work she of deserved to win like, the award yeah. i believe that the it, the award was given to the right person i just don't think it's badass
0: what do you think brandon
1: uh, <laughs> believable it is literally the only dirt like out of all the movies for director, that's the only one I'd seen. Yeah. I okay. I want
2: to go back and watch the, the ones that I seemed like the Blank Check Boys, uh, their favorites. I kind of want to watch those ones. Power of the Dog was definitely one they
0: loved. And for like sure. maybe the other one that's like the one she won on it
2: her other Oscar.
0: I don't think she won another Oscar. She was nominated for The Piano which is a great movie but I don't think she won anything but she was nominated for Best Director. Maybe she won a Screenplay Oscar actually. Yeah, I think she won a a Screenplay Oscar but anyway, uh, Best Actor Will Smith Um, I'm going to ignore the slapping thing really quick so I've yeah. had this prepared for a while and I was worried about how this would sound when I said this <laughs> but now I'm not worried about it this is bullshit dude Denzel Washington should have dude. won this award he is so fucking good in the tragedy of I
1: have not seen that movie but the clip they showed I was like I need to watch this like, I didn't he think fucking- I gave a shit about Shakespeare anymore and I watched this and like it,
0: it fucking gripped me and it's because him and Francis mcdermott fucking around fire the whole movie man yeah yeah but like they're fucking amazing and like denzel washington should have won this award (laughs) and i don't think that it's a coincidence that will smith went after chris rock after he complimented denzel washington because i think in his soul of souls he also knows he should (laughs) have lost this to denzel (sighs) ah I don't like Denzel Washington.
2: Okay. But it, that's a totally personal thing that has nothing to do with his acting abilities or anything. I just don't don't like him. Okay. I think he, I bet he kicked a dog once. I'll use that as an excuse. If he did, if it was he to did it him. in
0: the most cinematic way, I assure you. <laughs> King
2: Kong ain't shit on me.
0: Alright best makeup and hairstyling the eyes of Tammy Faye yeah eh. dude they put like 20 pounds of makeup on her every <laughs> fucking day like that is Ugh. if anything trying to it's, keep all the continuity on that dude and if anything it's like you're working on an independent movie so you're already working harder and then you're taking Jessica Chastain and making her look like somebody that she doesn't look like which makes it even that much harder but then that person has like 20 pounds of makeup on them normally this was an excessively hard job and I thought they did a really good job with it. So suicide squad. yeah, okay. <laughs> I was waiting for that. Best actress, Jessica Chastain, The Eyes of Tammy Faye. I think it's believable because they transformed her. And that's what the Oscars go for. I would have gone Penelope Cruz without spoiling anything. Because I think people should watch Parallel Mothers. She goes through some really traumatic shit. And she doesn't overplay it. She plays it in a very realistic fashion. And it's a little bit low key, which is not the kind of thing that normally gets an Oscar nomination so I was surprised she was even on the list but she fucking kills it, it should be Penelope Cruz okay uh, and then best picture Coda so this is believable to me like if you remember Brandon we were talking about this after I had put up last week's podcast I was saying the only movie that could be Power of the Dog was Coda and it's quite possible because it was starting to like swell up but I was like I still think Power of the Dog will win it I. this is exactly what I hate about the Oscars <laughs> this is exactly what I I hate about it, dude. And Coda is a fun, feel-good movie. It's not a great movie. It's just not. It's, like, got some good performances, and it makes you feel warm and fuzzy when you watch it, and then you learn nothing from it. Never going to rewatch it, and then it'll be one of those things that 20 years from now, they're like, Power of the Dog didn't win that? Like, what won it, CODA? What's CODA? And then they'll watch it, and they're like, really? This one Best Picture? Because, like, they want to give an Oscar to it because of what it represents, not what it is. And I hate that. Like, I totally get diversity and everything like that, and... You guys have heard me rant about ableism stuff, dude. But you don't like move this, this cut. It is Suicide like maybe squat. the f- I, yeah. No. It's maybe <laughs> the Juselba. <laughs> there was it's t- your Selva. T- it's There was ten it- <laughs> big pick best pictures. It was like the fifth or sixth best picture. It wouldn't even fucking make the cut if they were doing like the five years anymore. So I'm just like I don't. Know. I'm disappointed by this. You guys, me like, I too. gotta have some <laughs> opinion that's not Suicide Squad. Call. Why? You're done, Brandon. Underrated movie. <laughs>
2: masterpiece.
1: Great soundtrack. I, my big problem with the Oscars is it's always stuff that feels so pretentious to me and it just... It's not why I want to go to the movies. I watched Power of the Dog and I i saw the nuances. I saw it. That movie was boring as fuck.
0: <laughs> Can I make a quick point? I, Licorice Pizza is not pretentious in the least. It's exactly the kind of movie I think you would have fun with. And like... <sighs> Let's see. What's another one? Uh, so, don't look up, which you still haven't watched.
1: I have watched that. You absolutely.
0: have watched it. Does that
1: feel pretentious to you? Yeah, it does. Why? I don't want to like come off as like pretentious, <laughs> conservative. That's like, what you're it's got that. The stuff that the the they're right hitting wing you over hit. the
0: head with a message, yeah, and it's filmed in the, the middle of the pandemic, so that colors it too because they're getting mad that people aren't listening to stuff with the pandemic. Yeah,
1: but it was it's just all the stuff that like people on the right wing just like love to hurl insults at, and it's just fuel. And I it's hard. Okay,
0: that's why I didn't vote for Biden because he's everything that the right hates, and so. <laughs> I was just like, no, I'll vote for Trump because I don't want to upset him. That's what you sound like right now. (laughs) (laughs) It's not that I... Dune is not pretentious, whether Carl likes it or not. Dune is pretentious. There we go. It's
2: the hero's journey. Boring. Hey, you want to see Dune? Just watch Harry Potter. That's Dune. I've seen Star Wars. Chosen (laughs) One.
0: Boring. My point is, there was a really good fucking lineup on here. And like Coda's fine, but it's not a best picture. Like Carl, remember when we're talking on A Cosmic Void? We were talking about our top out tour directors, right? Yeah. And at some point, you were talking about popcorn films about how they're fun to watch. But if you actually want to learn something about a movie, you have to watch a movie that's not a popcorn movie from time to time because it's going to have a point of view and it's going to show you things that you just don't know. Yeah. There's nothing in Coda that you learn. to There's, watch Mother with an exclamation point. It's okay, I was I was <laughs>
2: waiting. I didn't know which one you were talking about. Or There's you got to so watch. Many. Or you got to watch uh, Mother,
0: the Bong Joon Ho movie. <laughs> yeah, without an exclamation point.
2: Yeah, punctuation's important when you're talking about movies named Mother. <laughs> it's true. It's very different movies. <laughs> Not tours tourists, like uh, James Gunn,
0: director of Suicide
2: Squad. The Suicide Squad. What
0: did you learn from the Suicide Squad? I'm just curious.
2: I learned that even the most evil uh, monsters can grow and 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 improve themselves and they don't necessarily become good people but they can make a positive impact in other people's lives Are you talking about
0: Starro right now No I'm <laughs> talking about I'm talking
2: about the growth the the conclusion of Harley Quinn's arc that began in the first Suicide Squad movie continued in uh Birds of Prey and concluded in Suicide Squad and it's more of a thematic arc than a plot arc cuz the movies are not technically connected even though they are, but they're not. And uh, she comes to a real good realization. She really learns a lot about herself during her whirlwind romance with the dictator of this guy. Of this island country of Malto Cortez, And then she realizes he's bad for her and she fucking murders him. Good for her. Empowerment, growth, character growth.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, 2021.
2: And Idris Elba, he chooses to be a hero and he has a small but but measurable positive impact on his daughter's life. And it's not a lot, but it's what she needs in that moment.
0: Okay. Do we still want to talk about Guardians of Justice or do you want to go off Dude, on Suicide Squad for another 25 (laughs) minutes i
2: don't want to talk anymore can we table can we table sure yeah guardians of justice i think we're all done did you guys watch the whole thing no i've only watched three episodes i watched it all you got to the end yeah man isn't it stupid (laughs) i'm not gonna say it till till okay we'll talk hold on what okay fine let's talk about let me
0: just wrap it up just let me just wrap it up so what did we learn today we learned that brandon didn't watch anything (laughs)
1: this year I didn't watch Oscar movies. God damn it. Yeah, I didn't watch Oscar. You movies did watch either.
0: Oscar movies. You just didn't choose to like enjoy talk them. about any of them
1: because <laughs> they're suck. Like I visual watched. effects,
0: Spider Man, Homecoming, your er, er, No b- Way home, home, whatever. Yeah, No Way Home. Your favorite movie of the year when we did our years end list. No opinion on it with visual effects. You just let me like lay it out to kill it. <laughs> I honestly don't care. <laughs> I so like I said, we learned that Brandon doesn't care about Oscar movies or watch them. We learned that I am obsessive over power of the dog and flee this year. We learned that Carl only cares about the suicide squad. Well, we, and learned, we cares learned in the opposite way about Dune.
2: Yeah. We learned that the Dune basically stole the suicide Squad's spot in all of those. So suicide
1: squad has more Oscars than the suicide squad.
0: Yeah, it's true. That's depressing. <laughs> Will, Smith has more Oscars (laughs) than
2: (laughs) Suicide Squad. (laughs) Yeah, that's okay, though. I mean, I think that Will Smith has earned Oscar wins in the past that he didn't get. I don't. I think he's done some Which pretty one? good shit.
0: I don't know. When
2: he was Muhammad Ali. Maybe.
0: He was. He was like the fourth best performance that year.
2: When he was, uh, how about when he was The Pursuit of Happiness?
0: That's not a good movie.
2: What about when he was the training? No, that was Denzel Washington. <laughs> <laughs> what about when he was- When he flew the, the plane in Men in oh, the third time. That's Denzel. <laughs> yeah, what about when he flew the... This is some racist what about when he was... shit, dude. <laughs> <What>?
0: <laughs> You're not. Why? Okay, fine. Because you can't okay, tell fine. the difference between two people. Okay, fine.
2: What about when he was uh, Shang-Chi's dad? There, now he's also an Asian guy. What about when he was uh, the malignant monster? <laughs>
0: I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, dude, <laughs> or when he, Gabriel
2: uh... from Malignant? Gabriel?
0: I didn't watch it. The
2: newest the best monster the newest best addition to the monster squad of
0: I didn't watch movie it monsters. because everybody who bothered to talk to me about it just started frothing at the mouth <laughs> screaming about how much they hated it so really I yeah oh you gave yeah. me no opinion Carl no you did no, not tell I, me anything I'm, about I'm not it. saying that yeah.
2: I'm just surprised that you, people told you they didn't like it I had the general no less consensus. Than seven
0: people talked wow. to me about it and every single person hated it to no end I'm not saying I would hate general, it I just didn't not hear one person stick the up. General for oh, it the general <laughs> it consensus. The general consensus
2: I got was that it was completely insane, but like in an entertaining way. That's what I was hoping for.
1: But yeah, a lot of frothing uh, at the mouth. You don't think there that was? It was the. the plot holes were just oh no so I do it was dude, so fucking glaring and just like you the, don't the, 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 watch when, like, she has a huge gaping plot. wound on her head and yeah. every, everybody touches the back of her head and she's in the hospital for a wound on the top of her head and everybody touches exactly. it exactly like, why? why why like why was why did the director make this choice and it just like because <laughs> it's insane <laughs>
2: well, yeah. what other choice Frossing do you, you want to make that is a good <laughs> what other choice you want him to make it's the most insane dude
0: brandon just hit carl (laughs) (laughs) slap (laughs) all right take it easy please rate and review our show sign up for an anchor account you can leave voice messages through a link in the description of the podcast or you can answer our poll questions Reach out to us through Instagram at redwood underscore sound underscore labs or Facebook at facebook.com slash Redwood Labs. Email us at NotSaferNetwork at gmail.com. Not Safe for Network was created and hosted by Carl Bornemann, Brandon Beardsley, and Alex Small. Produced by Aaron Donaldson and Alex Small. a podcast about the narrative and effective politics of war movies and their productions, too. Charles Horgan and Aaron Donaldson bring you a brand new podcast, The Real War Project. Dip in and out of subjects with Lauren and Sarah's irreverent points of view with the hilarious podcast, Dippers. Catch up with the week's pop culture news as well as reviews of new movies and shows, not to mention the occasional interview with Carl, Brandon, and Biggs on Not Safe for Network wrestlers wrestle but sometimes they make movies too this podcast lets you know how they do listen to eric and connor in all three seasons of movies with wrestlers one by one jeremiah and biggs break down influential movies and some wretched ones too in the podcast you can't miss a cosmic void